Welcome to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, Episode 9. So one thing that was super helpful, and I encourage this if you're not a flashcard user, was meeting up with people and having them ask you questions. You're listening to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, the playbook of those who dominated the USMLE. If you want to learn how to excel on step one and get into the residency of your choice, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join the thousands of others who have mastered step one concepts using physio.com. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we interview Kara Allen, who is a first year general surgery resident at Indiana University. And to help me with this, I'm here with my co-host, Rhett Thompson. How's it going? It's going really good. Recently, I've been getting into fictional books. Normally, I've been into nonfiction and like self-improvement and stuff like that. Uh, but then my brother Tyler ended up working in Budapest to make the new Dune movie. He's like working with the director and head of previs and everything. So I was like, oh, maybe I should read Dune. So I read Dune and loved it. And now I'm like hooked on like fictional stuff. So yeah, anyways, kind of changing my uh, my palette there for reading. And so I feel I feel more cultured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's so cool that your brother does that. I'm kind of jealous. His job sounds pretty awesome. Just like creating artwork and working with all these awesome people and, you know, in the in the Hollywood scene, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. In fact, what was almost irritating about the fact that he's my brother and has an inside scoop on this stuff on, on the movie Dune is I had to find out outside of him who is going to play this like super cool character <laughs> named Duncan Idaho. <laughs> and uh, I had to call him out. I was like, Tyler, you should have told me that Jason Momoa was going to play Duncan Idaho. Anyways, I was pretty excited slash irritated with him. <laughs> well, that's cool. Let's uh, interview our guest for today. So like I mentioned earlier, her name is Kara Allen. She is originally from Idaho and she went to medical school at the University of Utah and is now a first year general surgery resident at Indiana University. I thought overall the interview was uh, really good. You know, it was kind of unique. I think her perspective is really interesting. She is certainly uh, unlike anyone we've interviewed so far in terms of how she studied for step one. She talked a lot about, you know, just her focus on clinical experiences and volunteering during the first, during the first two years and kind of how that helped her ultimately on step one and then beyond that. So with that, let's bring her on the show. So yeah, maybe you could uh, start from the beginning and tell us about what got you interested in medicine. Sure. So until I was 13, I was not interested in medicine at all. I wanted to go into marine biology, which who doesn't as a kid, I guess. <laughs> but when I was 13, my older brother, who was 15 at the time, was in a, an accident in a sand rail, um, which is a dune buggy type ATV with an open cage. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And he was driving along a ditch bank in Idaho. His tire hit a tractor tire rut and he flipped and he was thrown out and it rolled over the top of him. And at the time we were in a really small town. He was evaluated and his injuries were pretty extensive. They knew that. So he was intubated and flown to Boise, Idaho, which is the capital. And then he was there for three days. After the third day, they extubated him and then figured out that he had a tear in his trachea. So they did something kind of crazy, which I didn't realize this until medical school. They So first they found that his trachea was completely transected from his uh, carina, where, the, where it branches into the right and left main stem bronchi. And so they intubated him through a 
thoracotomy incision. So through his side, directly down the main stem bronchi and flew him to Seattle where he was for three months and they did multiple surgeries. He was on ECMO, which is a machine that basically does the work of your heart and lungs. And he was there for three months, should not have lived. He should not have lived with his injuries, but he did. And that's what prompted me to go into medicine initially. I saw the doctors, the surgeons, the nurses working on him. And I thought, wow, these people saved my brother's life. And now I get to spend more time with him. So this is so cool. I want to do this too. Obviously, at that age, you can't know entirely, but that was at least what prompted me to explore medicine. So from there, I went to college at Northwest Nazarene University with the intent of doing pre-med studies to go to medical school. And I really loved science classes. I double majored in biology and chemistry. Um, I loved teaching in those classes and just really liked thinking about the human body and the scientific method. So those things combined kind of confirmed my desire to go into medicine. So I did a lot of shadowing at our local hospitals and volunteering at the local hospitals to make sure patient care was something that I wanted to do. And I really enjoyed all of those things. I enjoyed the patient-physician relationship. I enjoyed being in the hospital, watching people get better. So all of those activities or extracurricular activities, I guess, kind of confirmed that I wanted to go into medicine. So that's pretty much what led me to medicine. Yeah, that seems to happen with a lot of people. They have kind of like this this initial event that occurs at some point in their life, and then it kind of prompts them to explore it a little bit more. That sounds like a crazy experience with your brother. Yeah, it was. And I didn't really know the extent of it until I was in medical school. Because as a 13-year-old, you don't know anything about the medical field. So words are thrown around and you have no idea what's going on. But looking back, now that I have more medical knowledge, it's kind of insane what they did and how he lived through that. Yeah, totally. So he's, he's fine today then? Yeah, so he's now um, 27. He's a mechanical engineer. Um, he was working up in Boise, Idaho, but now he's taking over our family business. We have a family farm in Idaho. Um, so he's doing great. The only thing that he, he has some nerve damage uh, in his right leg, and that's it, from the ECMO cannula. Wow. Well, that's amazing. So now you're interested in going into general surgery. You're going to match next week and figure out where you're going. Do you think that this experience with your brother helped push you towards like a surgical specialty or, or just uh, like general surgery over some of the other medical fields? So for sure, when, when I first decided to go into medicine, I said, I want to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. And that changed a little since then. But I think because I saw so many surgeons practice innovation and were at the front lines of working on my brother and tangibly fixing something, that that was what made me interested in surgery in the first place. But when I started medical school, I tried to keep a pretty open mind. Um, I didn't want to narrow myself into one field early on because I didn't want to ignore other areas and maybe miss out on something that I was better suited for. Um, So it was really third year when I decided 
confidently to go into surgery after my general surgery rotation. Um, I was on the trauma team for a month and just loved it. So at that point, I was like, this fits my personality. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to wake up in the middle of the night for at 2 a.m. to go in and do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Fun stuff right there, right? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, that that's kind of like spoil towards the end, right? So you you're you're going into general surgery. You'll have to let us know, by the way, uh, when you hear. Yeah, next week. I will. I or is will. it? Did you say it was this week or next week? It's uh, next Friday, the fifteenth. That's so awesome. Cool. Well, why don't we uh, take a step back and kind of go from the beginning? Once I got into medical school, I kind of found more things that I was passionate about. For example. We have a homeless outreach clinic that first and second year students volunteer at. And that was an incredible experience. So every Saturday, we set up a clinic at the shelter, local shelter, and provide basically uh, primary care to the homeless population. So it's a lot of screening, a lot of education on health maintenance and habits that they should have, smoking cessation, et cetera. And really, like that was an awesome opportunity, not only for the patients, but I think more for the students, because we got to relate to these people who society is kind of deemed as outcasts almost, and see that they're real people with really hard stories. For example, one week, this guy came in, and he had cellulitis going up his leg, and it it looked pretty bad. We said, you need to go to the emergency department to get IV antibiotic. And he said, I can't go in because I have to go to work today. If I don't go to work, they'll fire me because they know I'm homeless and they won't give me a second chance. And this is my only chance to get back on my feet. So that was just really humbling for me to hear this person who can't go to the hospital because he's afraid of losing his job, which is his only opportunity to get back on his feet. And that's just a crazy, humbling thing to hear from someone. So I became really passionate about serving underserved communities, the Homeless Outreach Clinic. And then I also volunteered at Midvale Clinic, which is another clinic that the University of Utah holds for people in Salt Lake without health insurance. And so those two, combined with a lot of experiences in undergrad, really cemented a desire for me to work with underserved populations in the future as well. Yeah, that sounds sounds like good opportunities there. Did you do that during your first two years or when exactly did you do that in medical school? Yeah, so years one and two, both the clinics are mainly staffed by volunteer physicians and then any volunteer first and second year medical students. Third year, you don't really get a chance to go. And then fourth year, if you have time to go, you can, but you want to at least I try and leave the spots open for the first and second year students because I think that opportunity is really for them, not as much for the third and fourth years, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you feel like that was helpful for you in terms of being successful in your first years of medical school or even your latter years of medical school? I think so. I think first and second year can be really hard because you can almost lose sight of why you're going to medical school here you are, you've made it into medical school and you're sitting in a classroom still, reading out of a textbook still. And you 
The only reason you went to medical school is to interact with patients. Maybe not the only reason, but one of the most important reasons, at least why I went to medical school, was to help people. So being able to volunteer in a clinic setting early on really just gives you perspective and reminds you of why you're there in the first place. And I think that's why it helped me keep going through first and second year, because they can be first and second year can be really hard. And it's not as much interaction with people. So if you really thrive on human interaction, I think those clinic opportunities, volunteering in a clinic setting can not only help you learn clinically relevant knowledge, but also just help you keep going throughout first and second year and remind you why you're there in the first place. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes it's hard to take away time to go do those things, but they're worth it. Yes, for sure. And during those first two years where you're just doing so much studying and classwork, how much time were you able to set aside for that clinic? So the clinic only ran... The homeless outreach clinic only ran on Saturday. So I'd go twice a month. It was five hours every Saturday. So I went every other Saturday. And then Midvale Clinic, I tried to go once a week, second year. First year, I went a little less than that, though. Wow, that's a lot. Was that was that hard to balance your coursework while you were doing that? Um, Not really, to be honest, because I just thought it was worth it. And I still felt like I was studying when I was there because I was putting into practice what I was learning in class. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's awesome you're able to do that. I know I know a lot of people get involved with that kind of thing, but it can be hard to be involved as much as you are for some people. But that's cool that you're able to do that. I may, I tried to go, I don't know, you can maybe scratch this out, but I tried to go every week. I don't think I actually went every week. I think I ended up going like every other week to every week, depending. So just FYI. Cool. Well, sounds like uh, that was a great experience for you and definitely contributed to your success during the first and second years and probably helped you with your clinical acumen during the third and fourth years as well, I would suspect. Yeah, I hope so. I, I could attest to that. So I was on a pediatrics rotation, a pediatrics team with Kara, and she was far and away the most enlightened of our crew. And uh, I can definitely tell, especially talking to you now, Kara, that, uh, that a lot of those experiences and the, the time that you invested in those first two years really paid off. You know, you, you uh, definitely had some extra polish that was visible to everybody. And, and you know, a lot of us, uh, I know I'm, I can at least speak for myself, get really distracted with just trying to do really well on step one and really just focus on more of the the not humanistic aspect of medicine, you know, like the grades and, and the scores, you know? And so what you're saying in, in just your story really points to the importance of reminding yourself, like why you got into medicine and maintaining that passion, like you mentioned. And I think that's really powerful. Thanks. So now let's talk about some of that, that more like rigorous studying and scores and, and grades and stuff like that. What kind, maybe just tell us about your experience during the first couple years, like in general, when you would go to class, how often you'd go to class or what kinds of things that you would do to study for your courses. Sure. So to be honest with you, first year is kind of a blur. It just felt like a lot of information really fast. 
And thankfully, the way University of Utah's curriculum is set up, everything that you hear in the first six months of medical school, you'll hear again before your clinical years, which is a great setup because those first six months, you're just trying to figure out how to breathe and how to retain any information. So I think a lot of my first year was spent trying to figure out what resources to use, how I wanted to study. And then, like I said earlier, University of Utah had an attendance policy the first year. So we went to every class every day and sat through every lecture, which is great for some people who learn that way. It wasn't as great for me. I still did well. Um, I studied uh, using, I, I like studying by reading and watching videos. So I read a lot first year out of the textbooks, um, which a lot of them were available online, which was nice. Second year, I remember a little more clearly. I, they switched to a non-attendance policy, which meant that we could go to class if we wanted or stay home. So I ended up not going to class a lot. And I'd watch the lectures at home on double speed which you get really good at listening to everything on double speed after that. And I, like I said, I read a lot um, out of the textbooks because I learned by reading. And that's really what you have to do the first year of medical school is figure out how you're going to learn best and how you're going to retain information the best. And if you haven't figured out in undergrad, then keep doing what you're doing. But it is a lot more information to retain in medical school than undergrad, so you might have to switch it up a little bit, right? So second year, going back to second year now, the first six months of second year, I learned what we were learning in class, and I didn't necessarily study for step one, but I had first aid, which is everyone's Bible for step one, and I would read through the first aid sections while I was reading for the class and take notes relevant notes in the margins of first aid. And then whatever I was reading from other textbooks, I'd also take notes on in the first aid margins, because then I could reference it once I did start studying for step one, because first aid is the Bible of studying for step one. It's an interesting balancing act trying to figure out, you know, when should I start studying for step one? It sounds like you did towards the latter part of your second year. Why did you decide to do that? I know a lot of people start earlier. Some people start later. Some people only, you know, study for step one during dedicated. Why did you decide, why did you decide to do what you did in terms of, you know, your, your timeline for studying for step one? So I started studying for step one in January of second year. So about five, six months before I was going to take it. I decided to do that because I honestly didn't want to commit any more time to it than I had to. I think step one is an extremely important test, but it's not the end all be all. And it's really important to do well on it, to get into residency, to go into whatever specialty you want to go into. But it, there's so much more that you need to know. And I tried to spend time learning more details rather than just studying for a test because real life is not a test. So that's why I didn't start dedicated studying until January. And even when I started my dedicated study, I felt like it was definitely detracting from the units that we did at that point in time, because I just had to dedicate more time to doing UWorld questions and watching physio and pathoma and going through first aid. So it did take a lot of time to study for step one, but I didn't want to do it earlier than I felt like I had to. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. I know 
for me personally, I studied a lot earlier. And at times I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if I would have waited like you did, if that would have improved my score even more. But it, it's, it's kind of a tough balancing act. And I, I like your thought process around, you know, why you did the things that you did. Yeah. And honestly, like I'm just giving you my perspective, but there's no one right way of doing any of this. You figure out what is best for you and you go with it. Obviously, you talk with your mentors, you talk with your classmates, and you try not to fail, but you just, everyone is going to have a way of doing it. And it doesn't mean it's wrong if it's different than someone else. That's a really good point. I think that you're echoing really some of the sentiment that I would guess nearly every medical student feels because you have this test coming up. It's super important. Everybody knows it's important and they remind you of how important it is. And you've got to balance all your courses while you're thinking about that test at the end of the line. So one of the things, it sounds like you're pretty confident in your unique way of handling it. What kinds of things would you tell yourself to remove doubt, I guess, to make you think that you should continue doing the things the way that you did them? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of that came from figuring out how I learned during the first and second years. I knew that the way I learned worked for me and I was doing well on tests. I was pretty confident that if I approached the test the way that I had approached my other studies, that I would be able to learn the same way. Now, that being said, self-doubt is a problem that I think every medical student has. And I think in those moments where you have self-doubt, you not only have to tell yourself that you're capable of doing it, but it's important to have friends in medical school and not in medical school who you can talk to and be like, look, I'm really feeling like I can't do this. And they can talk you up to yourself so that you know, look how far I've come. I've come so far. I can do this, which is very hard to believe sometimes, especially during medical school. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I feel like a big takeaway for me is just know yourself, know your study strategy and your your style of learning. For some people, they may be better off studying from the first day of med school for step one. And for others, it may be during dedicated or a little bit before dedicated, like what you did. And I think also having friends, like you said, to kind of lift you up during the hard times is also really helpful. You know, it can be challenging as a medical student looking around and seeing everyone using different resources and doing different things. And you wonder like, what should I be doing? What's the best strategy? And it it can be tough when you see all your peers doing things differently than you. Yes, I totally agree. And even on the first day of medical school, we had a bunch of upper level classmen come and talk to us about the different resources they were using, which was kind of overwhelming at the time. But it just showed us that there were so many options and so many people did it a different way that it was okay. And I think like I did spend the first couple months of medical school using different resources and seeing which ones worked for me. And I did ditch some of them because they just didn't work. Can you talk about that more? Which ones did you find most helpful? I mean, you kind of mentioned them briefly earlier, some of the ones you were using, but what resources did you find most helpful and which ones did you find not so helpful? So I'm not a flashcard person, which a lot of people are. And so like Anki or Clipboard, they weren't super helpful for me. 
Whereas a lot of people in my class use Anki, a lot, a lot of people, and they stand by it firmly. I just didn't really like it. It didn't seem to work for me. And like I said, I really like reading. So I ended up using the textbooks a lot more than I thought I would. Or going later in the years when I was studying for step one, a lot of people like Sketchy for memorizing uh, microbiology and pharmacology. I also didn't really enjoy that. So you just have to kind of find what works for you. The other couple things that I found that I really liked were the videos matched with like a little book that you could go through. So what you guys are doing physio, which I didn't have first year. So I used pathoma a lot first year, which was very nice for the pathophysiology of things. Being able to watch a video, go along with a book or an outline and take notes on that was super helpful. So pathoma, physio, and then third and fourth year, which I think these are actually pretty applicable to first and second year as well. Online med ed was pretty helpful as well. Hmm, Interesting. Okay. So you used online med ed during your first two years? No, I used it during third and fourth year, but I feel like it could be useful during first and second. Gotcha. You know, in talking to you, it sounds like one of the takeaways, at least for me, is that you have to have a level of confidence in what you're doing in spite of what your classmates are doing because everyone is different while also being willing to experiment on things like Inky. Like you know that you don't like those flashcards because you tried it. And so I think that, you know, experimenting is is one of the one of the best things that people can do. And it sounds like you were able to do that quickly and then move forward confidently in what you've, you know, what you decided in your organization in terms of study. Yeah, I think that's a great summary. So step one was a success for you. Would you mind sharing what you ended up getting and just some of your experience with the step one exam? Sure. So step one, I studied with, I'll tell you what I studied with first. So I did UWorld. I only got through the questions once. And then I went through all the ones that I got wrong or half of all the ones that I got wrong. I watched Pathoma, Physio, and then read First Aid. So I kept it fairly simple with those resources. Started studying in January and then really hit it hard during dedicated study time. I ended up getting a 258. Wow. And I, on the day of the test, I definitely thought I had failed. Um, I left the test thinking, wow, there's no way I could have passed that. That was very hard. It was an eight hour test. It's really long. And you kind of just forget what you've answered throughout the day. And I tend to focus on the ones that I got wrong or that I wasn't sure on. So when I left the test, I was feeling super not confident and kept going over the ones in my head that I didn't know, which is not a good thing to do. After you take step one, you should go relax and not think about it because there's nothing you can do at that point. So I think the first couple years of really building a foundation were very helpful in succeeding on step one, but also the resources, like I didn't use too many resources, but I also didn't use too few resources to study. Again, it's kind of a personal preference, but I think that really helped with my success on step one. That's a, that's a great score. Congratulations. What's interesting to me is the fact that you, 
you kept your resources limited. You didn't have flashcards, yet you still were able to remember everything you needed to when it came time for the test. Especially, you know, when you get a 258, it's it's obvious that you remembered what you needed to. So if you're like me or a lot of students, you learn something and then you think, how am I going to remember this? What What do I need to do in order to bring like this back to my knowledge, like bring this to the forefront of, of my mind before I take step one so that I don't forget it when the test comes. And since you didn't use flashcards, what kinds of things did you do or did you do anything to review things that you had learned? So one thing that was super helpful, and I encourage this if you're not a flashcard user, was meeting up with people and having them ask you questions. And you ask them questions because I feel like that's a similar form of recall, but it's spoken instead of like reading on the computer. So that's really how I was able to recall that information and kind of find holes in my knowledge was by asking other people questions and by having them ask me questions to quiz me. It's a really cool tip. I haven't heard that one before. How often would you do that? Honestly, I don't remember, but I studied I studied with one person throughout step one study probably every day during the dedicated period. And I think we would just ask each other questions during lunch period, but then probably like once a week, maybe throughout that whole six months, I'd just meet up with a small group of people and we'd shoot questions back and forth. That's awesome. So you started studying in January. Now, just to be clear, when did dedicate when did uh, the dedicated period start for you? We had six weeks of dedicated study between when we had our last class. So I think it was like mid-April when we started dedicated study. And then I took mine at the end of May. So I had six weeks of dedicated study time. Gotcha. Cool. Well, that sounds really interesting, that study style, using your friends and asking questions of each other. I like that. You mentioned some of the resources you use. Uh, you mentioned your score. Sounds like everything worked out for you in the end. Sounds like your studying was super successful. Uh, I would like to dive a little bit more into kind of your your routine and just like what your day-to-day was like during your dedicated period. Sure. So I'd wake up at seven, not super early, not super late. I would drink coffee with my dogs and maybe go on a run. Well, first, while I was drinking coffee, I would start by doing some UWorld questions. I'd try and do one section of UWorld questions, which I think was 20 questions, 20 to 40, while I was drinking my coffee and eating breakfast. And then I'd take my dogs to the park or go for a run and come back and go over those questions that I had done. And then if I was bored of the questions, I'd go read a chapter of first aid and then go back to the questions. So I tried to do 80 to 100 UWorld questions a day during dedicated study time. Some days I did more than that. And then I'd read one, at least one chapter of first aid. So I think I read through first aid a couple times during that dedicated study period. So I was studying probably 8 a.m. to like 7 p.m. every day during dedicated study um, with a couple breaks in between to take my dogs out, have dinner. But it was a pretty long study day every day during that time period. And like, so I wouldn't necessarily have a set schedule. Like I, a lot of people had 
an Excel spreadsheet with exactly what they were going to do every day, which works for a lot of people. But I've found that like even so I'm training for a half marathon right now. And I have this schedule of running that I'm supposed to do. But I'll just go like yesterday, I was supposed to run three miles. But I felt good. So I ran four. And today I'll probably run less than that because I don't want to run four today. But then like I make sure that I still am getting to the total of what I need to for the week. So that was a similar thing that I did for step one. I do this many questions a day, but if I got bored, I'm not going to belabor that. I'm going to go read first aid or watch a Pathoma video and then just go back to that spot the next day. So that's kind of how I set up my designated step one study time. Gotcha. Did you take any time off during the week or would you just study seven days a week? I pretty much studied seven days a week. One day of the week, I would still study some, but not as much. So I'd take a day to do like, it was usually Saturday or Sunday when my husband was off work, we'd go do something in the morning. And then I would like go on a hike or go to a movie or whatever. And then I'd study a little bit later in the day. So I didn't do that long, like 12 plus hour day every day. Um, it was probably about six days a week. And then one day a week, I'd spend at least half or more doing something fun. Yeah, I think that's important to take breaks, kind of rest sure. your mind. It's a very long six weeks if you don't. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Did you use the MBMEs at all after you had gone through all that stuff to kind of test your knowledge or or did you just kind of stick to UWorld? I totally did use those and I definitely forgot about them. Yeah, I think I took four or five practice tests uh, during the step one, four or five NBME, and then I did the two UWorld practice tests. I see. Did you, um, did you spread those out over like every couple of weeks or how exactly did you do that? I did. I think I took one early in the year. I think I took my first one in February and then I took one more before the dedicated study period. So, and then I had four so I, during the dedicated study period, I think I took one almost every weekend. So I'd have like a day where instead of doing the long study period that I did, I'd just do a practice test in the morning and then go over it at night. So during that six weeks, I think I did four uh, practice tests. Yeah. Everything that you've shared with us, Kara, is amazing. And I think that you bring such a unique perspective and unique experiences and on top of all that, you really did well. And I think that's going to be, I think that's really inspirational for so many people that think, you know, I don't study this way or the way my classmates are studying is a little bit different and, and psych themselves out and, and maybe get hard on themselves for not being like everybody else, but you did your own thing and you succeeded. So I'm really thankful that you shared all those experiences with us. Thanks for interviewing me. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You're, it's great. It's great having you take your evening to to chat with us. I'm interested in one, one last question to kind of wrap things up, if that's all right. Perfect. Just sounds like you've been very successful getting into medical school. First two years were successful. Your latter years sounds like they have been, or your, it sounds like your latter years have also been very successful. So that's awesome. And I think for a new medical student or a pre-med who's looking down the barrel of, you know, getting into medical school and four years of medical school, what advice would you give to that person to be successful like you've been? So thank you for saying that I've been successful. That's very nice. I guess everything just seems so overwhelming when medical school starts. And every step of the way can feel so overwhelming. 
And there's nothing that you can do about that feeling. It's going to happen. And I think if you're prepared that it's going to happen, maybe it'll catch you a little less off guard of feeling so overwhelmed and like you can't do this. Um, And I'd say when those feelings come, let them come. We can't control what we feel. But also tell yourself that you can do it because it is possible and stick with it and just work as hard as you can with the caveat of when you need a break, you need a break and you need to go take a break. (laughs) So work hard, but also know your limits, know your body. And and if you're not going to be productive, go take a nap because you'll be more productive later if you're sleep deprived. So I think, I guess to sum that up, Know yourself, know what you need, know what your limits are. And when you feel overwhelmed, it's okay. You can do it. That's great advice. Well, thanks, Kara. We appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to go to our website at physio.com to check out our growing library of free step one videos. You can also find our physio group on Facebook to join our growing community of students preparing for step one. If you've been enjoying the episodes and have been getting value from the content, here are three easy ways that you can support us. One, press the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this on. Two, leave us a review. To do that, just go to physio.com slash podcast. Three, find your friends who are in medical school or interested in medical school and tell them about the podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next time.